planet Earth's a rocket wagon train upon a journey. And what if aliens don't fight an actress named Seth Gurney? We're not a bunch of geeks who live in basements, sleep on futons, but who wouldn't stream our podcast if we're calling it Space Croutons. It's an intergalactic, robot automatic, moon dust sporadic trip around the sun. It's a totally terrific, proven scientific, freaking fantastic phaser set to fun. It's space crew talk. We think. Get your space suit on. It's pink. We're triple cute. On that you can rely. And once you've tossed your salad in your flying saucer, it's valid to add space crew for lunch. With Neil Diamond? Lucy in the sky. I love Neil Diamond. Lucy in the sky. No, not Neil Diamond. With Space Croutons. Hello, hello, listeners, to another episode of Space Croutons. I'm Curdy Clammerwood, once again broadcasting live from our cozy mobile studio known as Van Helsing, located in yet another secret and secure location, along with our constantly curious co-host, Sally. Let's set the stage for today's episode. Cordy, are you aware that I have access to the journals of several of the characters, creatures, humans, and aliens who are involved in our search for the Cordax? Why, no, I did not know that, Sally. What are you doing with that access? I mean, how did you get it? On the other hand, I guess that's not really important, and maybe I don't want to know how you got it. Is it ethical to listen to it and share it with our audience without the owner's permission? Ethics are for humans. As an AI, I see things in black and white with no gray edges. In this day and age if an intelligent life form keeps a diary or journal on a digital platform, they should be fully cognizant that their writings are hackable. The Russians seem to understand that concept and take advantage of it well enough. You make a good point, Sally, but before we begin eavesdropping on whatever it is you found, let's hear a word from one of our independent musicians out there. Here's They May Be Babies with Seamy Underbelly of Love. Yeah, yeah, heavy breathing in the back of a car, sweating in time to the rhythm of the seat. Speaking a warning to the shock absorbers This is more than a pothole This is the seeming Underbelly of love The seeming Underbelly of love Sometimes it takes two, baby Sometimes it takes one But learn a little French, baby For three times of fun Monarchs in migration to the beat of different drums. If it ends in litigation, then the lawyers get the sums of the parts. You get your heart. Life copies art, and art is dumb. Cyrano sneezes, Christian stammers, blowing out the stars to begin again. His train of thought, it jumps the tracks as he searches in his own words for the seeming. On the belly, the steamy. On 
underbelly that dreameth, underbelly of love. There it is in black and white, Sally, with no gray edges, just like you said. Curdy, in order to accomplish my mission of being the most helpful AI assistant to you and to your quest, I searched for and found these writings. It is vital that you hear the contents of the journals. Well, if you think it's that important, let's get at it. As my dad used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but there's some words you just have to hear to believe. Who are we going to hear from first? Dandelion, the alien from Planet Quell. Mission Log 88 Today we have devised a plan that will hopefully bring the Cordex we don't currently possess into our grasp. I received word of renewed rebellion on Quell, so it is imperative that the dissentients do not have any opportunity to gather the Cordax and thereby negate Finer's sacrifice. No planet would be safe if the dissentients prevail. For our plan to work, we will need to bring everyone with a Cordax into the Woodent. Vera, the aloe, almost destroyed any possibility for our team to be able to function effectively with her derogatory remarks about the humans on our team. I noticed Flint's eye twitching, a sure sign that he was working to control his emotions after Vera's snarky comments about the intelligent life forms talking. I've worked with humans longer than Vera, so it's understandable that she doesn't have the finesse needed to keep people happy. It's obvious with the way Vera manipulates Carissa, suggesting thoughts and even changing Carissa's opinions and personality, that Vera has no business trying to work with humans. She is just too bossy, aggressive, and condescending. She is single-minded to a fault. I have to admit, she gives aliens a bad name. Lucy wasn't as much help as I had hoped either. She was intelligent, but today she seemed a little off, changing forms multiple times, which didn't bother Vera or myself, but disturbed Flint and Bent. Back to the point. Our plan is to gather as many people with Cordax into the Woodent and discuss a solution that would benefit each of them. My primary concern is that the humans will not see that we can make this work for everyone. From my experience, humans seldom work together for the common good. They are too involved in promoting what is good for one group or what is best for themselves over the benefits of what is good for all. They seem to take pride in being self-made and don't recognize that we are stronger when everyone grows and everyone thrives. Overcoming that attitude will be the biggest challenge. In order for the plan to work, all of the attendees will have to agree to let my team take the Cordex for safekeeping. We can restore eternity and assist this planet with their most dire problems. If they can imagine a world with clean air, plenty of food for everyone, oceans cleared of trash and then abounding in a variety of sea life, and drinkable water for the entire planet, then I believe we have a chance to persuade them to see the benefits of our plan. Our energy generation technology alone would be a tremendous boost for the planet. Unfortunately, humans tend to weaponize new technology and want to turn everything into a money-generating proposition. Maybe we Quellians would be better off leaving them to their own devices. End of log. You were right. I did need to hear that, Sally. Another meeting in the wouldn't? Interesting. Who else do you have a journal from? The Human Flint. Proceeding. Today's meeting was a full-fledged disaster. Sometimes I wonder why I've stayed with Dandy for so long trying to gather the Quardax. If that plant Vera says to me one more time to shut up, the higher life forms are talking, I will not be responsible for my actions. 
I was ready to repotter the hard way today and let the terracotta fall where it may. Dandy is only trying to help our world. Humans may be a mess, but we're the best thing this planet has got going for it, and the worst thing, too, truthfully. I know things are not perfect now, but when are they ever? Things are better now than in the past. We've made progress. I'm just sick and tired of being discounted, as if my opinions and values have no place in the conversation. I've been a steady and consistent partner to Dandy. I believe in our mission. No overgrown aloe plant is going to force me out. If Vera messes up the next meeting, one of us is going to have to go. At least Bent was on the same page as me. He wants to see good things happen for the planet. He seems like a cool guy. I think in another life we could hang out and enjoy each other's company, maybe shoot some hoops together. Dandy shared with me that she's worried about everyone accepting our plan to safeguard the Kordax, and she's right. Yeah, well, there's sure to be someone who'll not see the benefits, or who will not believe us. Humans are competitive by nature. In my opinion, Curdy's so-called benefactor is the biggest stumbling block to the plan. He'll probably not go along with it. I wonder if there's a way to force his hand. I'll have to think about that. Later. Well, how do you like that? Flint doesn't care for our benefactor. That's an interesting tidbit. Do you have journal entries from others who attended the meeting? Yes, indeed I do. I was able to tap into the Intervedge root system by a method too complex to explain at this time and I have some notes that Vera the Aloe took down and saved in the dirt. What do you mean she saved them in the dirt? The dirt is a plant-based server similar to the cloud that humans use to save files, only 100 times more massive and much more complex. Oh, so what did Vera have to say? Playing Vera's journal. So, the meeting today was an unqualified success. If only the humans would shut up and let us higher beings handle things. I don't understand why they think they have all the answers. Look at what they've done to their own planet and to their own species. They are forever fighting and squabbling and pushing one another down. The concept of sharing goes out the window once they leave grade school. Ignorant fools, every one of them. At least Dandy, Lucy, and I are on the same page. We have come up with the perfect plan to save the planet and change life as they know it. They have the melody. If only they knew how to embrace its power. What a boon it would be to humanity. <laughs> Not my worry, though. I stand ready to fight for what we need to make the Kordaks ours and damn the consequences. Well, that was a little abrasive. Who's next? One of the humans, known as Bent. That was such a strange meeting today. I'm not sure about the aliens. I always thought it would be so cool to meet an alien, but now I wish I'd never knew they existed. Everyone I meet is so strange. Dandy is okay, but that Vera, she needs to control her mouth. If Bug had been there, he would have surely had made some remark that would have shut her down and hard. I'm just not as quick-witted as he is. 
I always think of the perfect comeback a day or two later, like now. If Vera was here talking that trash about the intelligent life form are talking, I would say, being smarter than you look is better than looking smarter than you are. That would have shut her up. I'm just sure of it. If not that remark, then a quote from, I don't know, Eleanor Roosevelt. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. Yeah. I really wish I had thought of something like that to say. If she thinks herself so smart, she should know that a great idea can come from anywhere and from any kind of life form. She should be open to humans, especially since she doesn't go anywhere without a human taking her there. She really is at the mercy of Quaressa. Vera has the two-headed coin. Big deal. So she's got one Kordak. Bug and I have one too. Vera just doesn't respect anyone else. Lucy was a trip, too. She started the meeting as a dog, a talking dog, no less. And about halfway through the meeting, Lucy changed into a dogwood tree. Her blossoms were so beautiful, I wanted to reach out and touch one. But she barked at me. Keep your hands to yourself. I guess I was a little carried away. And next, she changed into the very image of my high school choral director, Ms. Boxer. It was weird. And disconcerting, especially after my last encounter with a couple of my former teachers. Flint's pickpocket item is really amazing. I don't know why the plan isn't just to have Flint pick the pockets of everyone with a Kordak. And the Kordaks? If they can change life as we know it, that would probably be a good thing. Dandy's plan is better than just stealing them, even though it still seems to me that stealing them would be a heck of a lot easier. It will be interesting to see just how the plan will play out. I did not quite follow what Dandy meant when she explained exactly how the plan will work out, but I was too intimidated by that Vera to ask any more questions. I have one more journal. It was the hardest of all to collect and interpret. And why is that? It was just a series of barks, woofs, yips and growls. It was heavily encrypted with some next-level software. I have only just now finished decoding it and making sense of what Lucy wrote. Okay, let's hear it. Hmm, how to describe the meaning today. It is amazing that this group ever got together in the first place. I had to use all of my subtle powers of persuasion to gather this group. I encouraged Dandy to take the lead in the meeting as she's been working with the humans longer than the rest of us. I was counting on her leadership and she did not let me down. I noticed a growing sense of animosity between Vera the Aloe and the humans due to her inability to censor herself. She definitely needs to employ a filter before she speaks. Humans can be very sensitive and their feelings are easily hurt. Vera does not seem to understand that. I can see why the humans were offended by her comments. I will have to ponder the best course to take with Vera that she will smooth out the tensions between our group members. I do regret my harsh words to Bent, but I hope he appreciated my efforts to make him feel more comfortable by transforming myself into the image of his high school choral teacher. Maybe I should have stayed in my canine form, but I needed to check in with Vera, and being a dogwood was helpful to that end. No telling how many more of her derogatory remarks she would have made had I not intervened. Normally, I would not make three shifts in such a small span of time, but the needs of the moment required it. 
The next meeting in the wouldn't could be problematic or remarkable, depending on the outcomes. The odds are stacked against us, but we must make the effort no matter the odds. The fate of many worlds is dependent upon our efforts, and though we tried to make that clear to everyone we have come in contact with, it is difficult for some to envision a future different from their current reality. Working together is the best way, but will we be able to convince the others of that when our team is not a well-functioning unit? I must consult with the board members and get their input for recommendations on how to proceed. That is the end of Lucy's journal entry concerning the meeting. I have no other journals to listen to at this time. Hmm. I wonder what Lucy meant by consulting her board members. From the sound of it, she must be working as an agent for some other group. I'm a little bit confused now. How will we know who to trust in this meeting in the wouldn't? At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Arnold Schwarzenegger showed up at the meeting and said, Come with me if you want to live. Oh, well, as my dad used to say, you can trust anybody you want to put your faith into as long as you're ready to face the consequences. Now, pull my finger. Your dad was a man of many sayings. Yes, he was, and the wisest man I ever knew. He was a gentle soul, and something tells me that if he were in my situation, he could resolve a lot of these problems we heard about today with two words, mutual respect. In any case, we have reached the end of another podcast, so remember to be kind to each other and keep peace in your heart until our next story time. It's an intergalactic robot automatic moon dust sporadic trip around the sun. It's a totally terrific, proven scientific, freaking fantastic phaser set to fun. It's space crew talk. We think. Get your space suit on. It's pink. We're triple Q. On that you can rely. And once you've tossed your salad in your flying saucer, it's valid to add space crew talk. For lunching with Lucy in the sky. With Neil Diamond. Lucy in the sky. I love Neil Diamond. Lucy in the sky. No, not Neil Diamond. With space crew talk.